fellow captains and welcome back to rank amateur today in rank amateur we are going to be doing the tier 5 tech tree cruiser or tech tree french cruiser the emile breton and i think that's how you say it i know i'm not getting pronunciation exactly right but uh that's the closest approximation i can do it with my I guess, uh, English speaking. Um, yeah, so the Emile Breton, Tier 5 Cruiser, I actually really enjoyed this ship. Uh, it was, I mean, a lot of fun to play. It is incredibly fast. It does not have a speed boost, but it does have a base speed of 39 knots. So with the speed flag, you get that up to around 41. Yeah, so you just travel 41 knots without a speed boost constantly, and it's very, very fun to play. Uh, yeah, so there is actually no World of Warships news. That's normally a section of our episode, but uh, really nothing special is happening right now in World of Warships. I guess there is the public test to update 12.6, uh, round two, but other than that, just uh, some 4th of July events. Uh, World of Warships is contributing to uh, Force Blue. Uh, Force Blue is like essentially just a bunch of military veterans down on the Florida Keys who are rescuing sea turtles, and uh, there's a disease that is going around there spreading or that causes tumors on sea turtles. Uh, Fibropapillomatosis, I think is how you say it. Yeah, but essentially it's a, some sort of viral infection that causes uh, large tumors to form in them, and these veterans essentially uh, take the turtles in, nurse them back to health, and then release them back into the ecosystem, which is really cool that World of Warships is contributing to that. All right, now on to the history of the Emile Breton. You know, I'm saying the T a little bit hard, but that's uh, that's the way I guess I'm gonna pronounce it. So it's the, uh, the ship is actually named after a uh, Louis Emile Beton, who was a French uh, naval engineer and architect, uh, one of the foremost of his time in the 19th century. Uh, the Emile Breton was laid down on the 18th of August 1931, launched on 9th of May 1933, commissioned on the 28th of January 1935. Uh, she did actually survive the war. She was decommissioned in October of 1951, stricken on the 27th of October 1959, and scrapped in 1961, so a pretty long life. Uh, she was definitely a light cruiser. She had a displacement of 5,886 tons standard. Uh, max load was 6,530 tons, although she could be overloaded to 8,480 tons. That's the first time I've actually seen that on a ship. Uh, her length was 177 meters, or 581 feet overall. It's a fairly long cruiser. She had a beam of 15.84 meters, or 52 feet. She had a draft of 5.44 meters, or 17.8 feet, which is pretty shallow for a cruiser. She had a whopping 102,000 shaft horsepower, uh, although on trials it was actually higher at 137,000 shaft horsepower, which is massive for the weight of the ship. Remember, this ship only weighs about 6,000 tons normally, so uh, the, that amount of horsepower really is going to allow it to get up to high speeds. 
Um, her speed was actually only 34 knots, uh, which was uh, powered or provided by Parsons SR geared steam turbines and three Pinot uh, boilers. Uh, she did get up to 40 knots, however, on trials when they really threw her into overdrive, as they usually do uh, when they're trying ships, which uh, for our America Americans out there is 46 miles an hour, or for the Europeans is 74 kilometers an hour. So yes, if you're going down the street, uh, most highways in America have a speed of around uh, 45 miles an hour, so the Emile Breton was actually faster than that. She had quite a respectable range of 6,000 nautical miles at 15 knots, 2,800 nautical miles at 20 knots, and 1,100 nautical miles at 33 knots. She had a complement or a crew of 711, and she was armed with nine 152mm 55 caliber guns. Uh, each gun was, or there were three guns per turret, so a total of three turrets. She had four 90mm anti-aircraft guns. Uh, she had eight 37mm anti-aircraft guns, eight 13.2mm anti-aircraft guns, six 550mm or 22-inch torpedo tubes, 200 mines, and when she was refitted in December 1943, she carried her original nine 152mm guns, and she also carried more of her 90mm guns, a total of eight. She carried 16 40mm anti-aircraft guns and 20 20mm anti-aircraft guns, so those are the uh, Orlikans and Bofors, or, no, Bofors and Orlikans, respectively. She also carried her 200 mines. She had 25mm of armor on deck, 30mm in the magazine, and 20mm on the conning tower. So basically splinter and minor penetration protection. Uh, she carried two seaplanes, uh, however this was removed in 1943. Uh, she also carried a catapult, which was also removed in 1943. She spent her career before the war primarily serving as a destroyer leader. Uh, she usually led a flotilla of about 12 large destroyers, uh, usually of the Leet Van Tosk and uh, Van Alquin classes. Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce those. In secrecy, she traveled to Lebanon in September of 1939 after the war broke out, loaded with 57 tons of gold belonging to the Polish state gold reserves, uh, returning to Toulon afterwards. And in 1940, after a refit at Toulon, she carried out surveillance missions around the Canary Islands to ensure that no German forces had penetrated to that part of the Atlantic. After further dockyard work at Brest, in early 1940, she became the flagship of Group Z, which was a French squadron supporting the Allied uh, Norwegian campaign, which would fail miserably. Uh, as well as Emile Breton, Group Z uh, composed of the 2,400-ton uh, Contre Topilios, which were large destroyers, um, all sorts of different uh, French names, uh, and more destroyers. So it was basically just a ton of destroyers uh, that was uh, Group C, and she headed them, so serving as her normal destroyer leader role, as she wasn't really much larger than the destroyers that uh, French were fielding. Uh, she was attacked by Luftwaffe and damaged by bombs on the 19th of April, returned to Brest for repair, and remained there until the 21st of May, uh, and was replaced off... Uh, the coast of Norway by the cruiser Montcalm, which is a La Galissonniere class cruiser. She made two trips from Brest to Halifax, Nova Scotia, first with the uh, cruiser Jean d'Arc and the aircraft carrier Bern, uh, carrying gold from the Bank of France, as it became very clear that um, France was not going to win this, at least not before they surrendered. So it was just a process of uh, ensuring that the French government could exist, uh, I guess, in exile. Uh, the French armistice was signed shortly after Emile Breton had docked for a second time, and uh, Captain Bataille 
signaled the French Admiralty for advice. Uh, essentially, just asked what are they going, what are they supposed to do with the French armistice, especially since they had tons of French gold aboard, and the cruiser was ordered to escape to a French colony or an island colony. Uh, no effort was actually made by Royal Navy units present to prevent this. Um, the Royal Navy, remember, was tasked with present, uh, preventing the French fleet from falling into German hands, so they often, or well, for a brief time, they actually had to fire upon their uh, once allies, but they did not fire upon Emile Barton. She remained in that French colony for about two years uh, until she was ordered by the Vichy French authorities to be immobilized after pressure from the United States. However, uh, the cruiser's crew did not uh, did not like this, so they joined the Allied forces in June 1943 and our French colors, the Free French colors, and modernized at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. Emile Breton later operated into the Mediterranean. Jeez, oh, I can't pronounce that for whatever reason. Uh, Mediterranean, it took part in the Allied invasion of southern France in 1944 and later bombarded Axis positions in the Italian Riviera. After various Mediterranean duties post-war, the cruiser entered Toulon for a refit until October 1945. She was then deployed as a flagship to Indochina until the 2nd of July 1946, when she sailed for home with the cruiser Torville. Emile Breton then served as a guttery training ship until the Navy finally scrapped her in October of 1959. So a fairly eventful career, but as I said before, uh, or as I have said in previous episodes, the French really don't have much information available on their warships at least conveniently available that I could find. Uh, it, it's very generalistic, especially after the uh, surrender of the French. Uh, it is kind of interesting to know that the uh, Emile Breton did escape the massive scuttle at Toulon and served with the Free French uh, throughout the war. Uh, and was actually able to survive the war. And I also find it interesting that Emile Breton was one of a kind. Uh, as with many of the French ships, there there wasn't really a class for it. it was, they they kind of just built a bunch of light cruisers that were various improvements on each other. Although the Legalistoni Air class did exist. Uh, it did have uh, six ships inside of the class, although three were lost throughout the course of the war. So an interesting history nonetheless, but we are going to go into the World of Warships section of this episode. And Emile Bourton really shines in World of Warships. We're going to go over her stats just to find out why uh, she is such a good ship. Uh, even though a lot of people consider her to be sort of weak and that's uh, fair that the armor is non-existent, it's not even worth going over, uh, you should just plan for yourself not having armor. Although there are certain parts of the geometry that can be kind of trolly uh, for heavy cruisers, the armor is really uh, not an issue for battleships to get through, so you really shouldn't count on it. As far as the stats are concerned, we're going to assume that you've already researched and purchased, or purchased and mounted the B-hull and the uh, uh, gunfire control uh, modification. Because uh, it, it does, it starts out with uh, having a stock unit that is significantly worse. All right, so the main battery is those three by three, one fifty-two, fifty-five caliber MLE 1930s on an MLE 1930 mount. They're gonna have a range of fourteen point nine three kilometers, a reload time of a pretty disappointing thirteen seconds. Although the the shells themselves are strong, it's it definitely could could have used a reload booster. I don't think it would be too overpowered with it, but it, it's workable. The 180 degree turn time is impressive. Only 15 seconds for these turrets to get around in their mounts. Uh, the accuracy is pretty decent. Got a 2.0 sigma, 137 meter dispersion ver or horizontal, and 82 meters vertical. It it is we would like it to we would like to see it a little bit uh, smaller than that, but it's certainly workable in that way. 
Uh, it fires 152mm HE OEA MLE 1937 shells. They're going to have a raw DPM of 91,385, which is pretty low for a cruiser. Maximum damage is 2,200. Initial shell velocities are respectable 870 meters a second. Uh, shell weight is 55 kilograms. You have a 3 meter depth explosion. HE penetration of 25mm. A burn probability of a decent 12%. With a 13 second reload, I'd like to see that higher, but it's workable. You get about three fires a minute. Uh, the AP shells are French AP shells. They're very good, have very good penetration characteristics for the actual shell size. They're 152mm AP OPFK MLE. 1937 shells. They have a raw DPM of 137,077. They're going to do 3,300 damage. Have an initial shell velocity of 870 meters a second. Uh, they're going to weigh 57 kilograms. Ricochet at 45 to 60 degrees, which is standard. They have a 1 meter depth explosion. Overmatch 10 millimeters. Have an arming threshold of 25 millimeters. And have a fuse timer of 0.25 or 0 0.025 seconds. Uh, the aiming sectors are pretty good. Um, I mean, certainly could be improved, but definitely workable. So nothing to write home here. She does get six kilometer torpedoes. She gets two uh, two mounts with three tubes each, uh, one on each side. They have six kilometer range. It'll do twelve thousand damage. Eighty four second reload. Fifty four or fifty seven knot top speed. One point two kilometer detectability range. Reaction time of seven point eight seconds and one hundred ninety nine percent chance of causing flooding. She gets her standard uh, airstrike, which is going to have a range of 5 kilometers for the anti-submarine. The, uh, there is a secondary armament, it's nothing to write home about. The AA is sufficient, but nothing to write home about. Survivability is miserable, she only has 26,500 hit points. Uh, no, Torpedo damage reduction is 7%, but it doesn't really matter when you only have 26,500 hit points. Concealment of 12.22 kilometers, which is decent. Air concealment of 5.33 kilometers. When firing, or when on fire, it rises to 14.22 kilometers. Maneuverability, she has a maximum speed of an excellent 39 knots, and she has a turning circle radius of an excellent 670 meters. The rudder shift time is going to be 7.4 seconds. Uh, she has standard damage control party, hydroacoustic search with a range of 4 kilometers and a detection of torpedoes at 3 kilometers and 120 seconds cooldown time, 100 second action time. She does get a, a fighter. Uh, no speed boost and no re reload booster, which is kind of weird on a French ship. Uh, but overall, pretty usable. Liked it a lot. Um, as far as upgrades are going to go, we're going to do main armaments modification 1, and we're going to do uh, engine room protection because she is kind of like a destroyer. Her engine does get knocked out quite frequently without it. And then we're going to do the aiming systems modification 1 because the turret traverse is so good to begin with. Um, as far as, uh, like, she's not very skill heavy. She doesn't really need many commander skills. Uh, gun feeder is, however, pretty much mandatory on this ship because of how you're going to be switching uh, mate battery shell types frequently, and you do want to reduce that reload time. Uh, she's going to need priority target. You're going to need adrenaline rush, and then you're going to need concealment expert for your first 10 points. It's pretty standard for a cruiser. It gets your concealment down to 11 kilometers. As far as after that, it's um, it's really up to what you want to do with it. There, there are a few skills that, that are definitely useful, uh, especially later cruisers, consumable enhancements being one of them, uh, consumable specialists also being one of them. You could go with Demolition Expert if you want. 
this is going to increase your uh, fire chance by 1%. Uh, certainly, you could go with Superintendent. Actually, I advise that for uh, future cruisers because you're going to get those speed boost and uh, reload booster consumables, which is nice to have an extra one of those. As far as that, it's not really uh, super needy of skills. You could do Survivability Expert if you wanted to. Not super recommended. Uh, radio Location... Um, Outnumbered is, is kind of interesting, but the way you should be playing it, you shouldn't actually activate Outnumbered that often. Um, yeah, so, like I said, it, it's not very skill-heavy. It gives you a lot of wiggle room as far as what you want to do with it. You could use Grease the Gears if you want to go insane with the um, Church the first time, but it's not really... Uh, it, I mean, it's it's really not super skill-specific. Like I said, you could put IFHE on it if you want to. That might be useful for this cruiser. However, I would not recommend it uh, because I just don't view it as being worth four points. And it's certainly going to hinder you later on if you continue grinding up the line. Uh, later on, we get those larger guns, especially if you go up the Marseille line. As far as flags are concerned, we're going to do Juliet Charlie for the magazine detonation. Uh, prevention. You could do the fire and flooding flags if you want to. I would save those for your battleships, but if you um, uh, if you have extra to spare, definitely use those. Uh, then we're going to go Sierra Mike as a must because of the speed uh, that boost that it gives you. November Foxtrot for consumable reload time. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Or actually, no. Uh, we're going to want the fire flags as well. And then you could go with the hydroacoustic search flags if you want. So when we kit out to that, um, we're going to find that we have a uh, ship that's going to have 11 kilometer concealment. Uh, we're going to have fires that only last 24 seconds. They're uh, going to do approximately uh, 1,000 uh, dam or 1,908 damage. Flooding is going to last. Uh, Let's see. Uh, or the flooding is going to actually do 2,100 damage. Uh, the floods are going to last 32 seconds. Uh, and what else did we change about it? Your hydroacoustic search is now going to last 121 seconds. And it's only going to have a cooldown time of 114 seconds, which is very advantageous. And will be especially be more advantageous when you get to La Galassonniere and you have the speed boost and the uh, reload booster. And what else did we change here? The speed now is going to be 41 knots. Oh, uh, your rudder shift time is 7.4 seconds. Forgot to mention that. That's pretty good. Uh, no complaints really there. I uh, found it to be very useful. Uh, as far as your reload's concerned, if you take yourself down to... Um, here, let's see, 48% health, you're going to find you have a reload of just 11 seconds. So, the, the reload really isn't great on this ship, but uh, the, and there's unfortunately no way to fix that, as it's only tier 5, uh, but it's, it's certainly usable. So, how do we play this ship? Well, playing this ship is very much like uh, the Duco et Trois. The Duco et Trois was... I mean, you, you basically just go out in the flanks. And I mean, the, it, or I guess it's a more extreme Duco et Trois. The Duque is you can use it in pretty much any circumstance, although it's definitely preferred to be on the flank. Uh, the Emile Bertrand does very, very well on the flank and doesn't really do great in the middle. I wouldn't really go support uh, caps. It can be done in this ship. It is very tricky. Uh, this ship has a pretty low skill floor. Well, okay. I say have a medium skill floor, high skill ceiling. Uh, the only reason why it doesn't have a low skill floor is just because the armor is so bad on this ship. If you get hit... You can probably count on taking a 
decent chunk of damage, if not a citadel, even if it's from a heavy cruiser. Uh, don't show broadside to anyone, because your armor is not thick enough to bounce their shells, but it is certainly thick enough to arm them in your citadel. Uh, the citadel is very prevalent in this ship. I believe it has a step citadel, so it does like to catch that those shells. But it's fast enough that you can very easily juke out your enemies. Uh, the French ships definitely prefer to do throttle juking over rudder juking, I found. I personally prefer rudder juking in most of my other ships, but uh, the, the French ships don't seem to really adapt well to that, so I do more throttle juking. Uh, and it performs excellently to that. You do want to go out in the flanks, so you only have people shooting at you from one side. It allows you to concentrate and dodge their shells versus having shells coming in from both sides. I found from experience that's really not the way to go uh so basically this ship you want to be out on the flanks you don't want to be out of your range you want to be a range of around uh, anywhere from your max range on into about 10 kilometers sometimes less is good would not go beyond like 9.5 kilometers would not go closer to them your torpedoes are definitely defensive oh crap moment torpedoes or if you find someone behind an island that you could sneak up and you know you can kill them with your torpedoes uh, otherwise, they are very much suicide torpedoes, and it's not recommended to use them. Like I said, they're definitely a plus to the ship, but they're not the reason why the ship is good. Uh, the guns hit very hard, especially the armor-piercing shells. They're very consistent. Uh, as long as you keep your guns firing, you, you will do well in the ship. And that's that's also something that I really recommend with the ship. You There's no reason to go undetected in this ship. That uh, We did upgrade the stealth and that's just if you need to get away disengage from a situation other than that you should always be firing there is no reason not to fire in this ship and that's most of the the, the french cruisers is just keep firing keep throwing damage at them uh from the flank be that annoying source of damage that's drawing the enemy team's fire away from your team and allowing your team to push uh and don't forget don't forget to push when necessary, right? Your job is to be on the flank, but when the enemy team's starting to fold, definitely pressure them from the flank by moving up. If you're being pushed, uh, try try and face your ship away, sort of kite on the flank. You want to stay on the flank in the ship. That's how I played it the best, and it was very, very consistent. I was consistently getting games that were at least 80,000 damage, which in tier 5, or which doesn't sound good on the whole, but in tier 5, you have to remember there's less damage uh, to be had because the ships have lower health pools. Uh, and I, I was very, very consistent. I have a really high win rate in this ship, uh, and I, f I found it to be very nice just using it on the flank it's like it's like the enemy team doesn't want you to know this one simple trick if you just go out on the flank you'll be fine the most uh kills that i see or or deaths of emile bertons is when they try to go the middle uh, middle is not really where the ship shines it's not very good wouldn't recommend going there you tend just to get crossfired and killed immediately just go out to the flank position yourself open fire and keep that fire going uh, and usually you will find that the ship is uh, quite easy to play, I would say, if you just remember that your armor doesn't exist. Don't take hits, you don't have the hit point pool to take hits, you don't have the armor to take hits. It's not a good idea. Yeah, you cannot tank. However, you can dish out a ton of damage. Even though it has a 13 second reload, those guns are very consistent, and especially at broadside ships, even at ranges about 12 kilometers, Choose that armor piercing. You, you probably won't citadel them uh, if they're 12 kilometers or further away, especially if they're a heavy cruiser or, God forbid, a battleship, but you will certainly do large chunk damage. 
So just remember you have armor-piercing shells, remember that your armor doesn't exist, remember not to take damage, and remember to be on the flank. And that's pretty much how you play the ship. It's very easy, there's not much to it. It does get a little more complex when you go up to La Gala Solnier because you do have to manage your uh, main battery reload booster and engine boosts, but this ship is a nice way to ease into the La Gala Solnier playstyle and I, I guess the playstyle of the rest of the French cruisers. Uh, overall, no complaints on this ship. Very, very solid ship, and I enjoyed it a lot. It's one of the first tier 5 cruisers that I could say that I enjoy. I know some other people have very different opinions on this ship, but I really liked it, and I think if you play it the way I played it, and the way I said to play it, you will too. Well, that's going to be all today, folks. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions, I can't guarantee I will take those suggestions. By the way, I do have a lineup of ships that I will do, but I'll certainly take them into account. Uh, please drop an email to me, rankamateurpodcast at gmail.com. I'd like to thank you all so much for listening, and until next time, captains. 